is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9 to 5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Welcome, powerful nonsenses. Hello. Today is the day after Valentine's Day, my favourite day of the year. You love that day. It's my favourite, favourite, favourite Did day. you have a romantic meal? Did I fuck? <laughs> Near life. I didn't even have a romantic meal for one uh, disappointing no microwave no spag bowl <laughs> I had to go for the old uh, meal deal for my dinner last night because I was rushing around so much what meal deal? Uh, from Sainsbury's no it was Tesco sorry it's Tesco meal deal not Sainsbury's they're all the same no they? romance there no no love no didn't no I was, was going to say something else then I decided you guess. didn't even do that <laughs> <laughs> no at the very I least at the very least <laughs> no whining and dining for myself um, so thanks for tuning in guys uh, this is episode 148 of Powerful Nonsense um, if you've never joined us before I am Wayne Ingram I am Jimmy Ordis and yes welcome to the show um, so you're going to be proud of me Jem I know you know this already because we've briefly spoken about it, but just just for the listeners' mm. uh, sake, just to let people know where you're at. Just to let I actually signed up for the gym. Congratulations! And I have actually been twice. I want to see a certificate of like membership. <laughs> I want to see your card. I have I have my pure gym padlock somewhere. So now you're going to be like everybody else. You're like I've got the membership, but that <laughs> that's just the beginning. <laughs> well, I've <laughs> so been gonna, twice. I've been twice. Don't be that guy that spends like a thousand pound a year on membership and just never turns up. To oh the no, gym. no 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 no! I've been twice. Been oh, twice. Have you've already been. Yeah. How'd it go? Um, well, I mean, I didn't quite. <laughs> I underestimated how much time I might how need. How tight your lycra was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you should have got a medium. I also, of a I also had this thing, right? Because I'm kind of like, okay, it's my first time at the gym. I'm a complete gym newbie. Mm. Like, gym virginity of officially lost. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I kind of don't want to make a big thing about the fact that I'm new here because. So you just walked in like with a strut, like you knew what you was doing? Well, I tried to, right? And I don't know if you've been to Pure Gym. I don't know no. if it's just this Pure Gym, but they have this kind of weird system where they give you a pin. Mm. Like you have to enter it in, and then you go into like this this clear tube. <laughs> door like closes. <laughs> not, not like a Charlie in the chocolate. No, not like Charlie. <laughs> you go into this tube. The door closes behind you, and then once that's closed, the door in front of you opens. Uh -huh. right? So it's just a way of stopping people just waltzing in. And uh, but there was a problem with their computer system. So my pin in. didn't work, so I had to press the buzzer, get somewhere. I'm like, my awkward. pin's not working, and they just made it really awkward. They knew you was a newbie straight away. And then, yeah. Have you been here before? No. Uh, oh, there's the changing rooms. Um, and then I'm like, right, I need a bottle of water. So I go to the vending machine. And then they're like, you know, when they're like, got it open and changes mm. stuff around. I'm like, can I have a bottle of water, please? <laughs> you should have got yeah. a pre-workout. There you go. You should have got like a protein how, how, shake. How much are they? <laughs> and it was just this really socially awkward thing. So then I'm like, right, I haven't got much time now because this is taking a bit longer than I thought. So... 
I go upstairs, get to the treadmill. I look at it. I'm like, this is the most intimidating piece of machinery I've ever looked at. I know they got like all the buttons, all the like, buttons. glowing up. So then I had to go back downstairs to the guy that let me in. No way. To, you went, had to ask him how to use it. I went, how do we use the treadmill? Oh my Lord. And then I was, and then he was like, yeah, you just kind of do that, do that, do that. I was you like, know that big green go button? <laughs> yeah, just press that, you twat. <laughs> that wasn't far off, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, and then... Um, How long did you run so for? So I did, I did about, I only had about time for about 15 minutes at that point. But... Thank God you had the water. You would have been like totally dehydrated any longer than that. Um, so yeah, so I'm now, I kind of get it. I kind of get the gym thing. Did you feel good after? Yeah, mm. I felt quite awake. I get it. I think I get it. Did you walk out with more swag than you went in? I walked out with the most weird sensation I've ever felt in my it's life. It's weird, like the floor's still Cause moving. Because I, yeah, I, I hadn't anticipated that. Mm. And I got off, I'm like, whoa, what have I been, what's in this water? D- did you go for like a bit of a vert? Did you go for like an uphill? No, no, I'm just kind of building on it for oh, now. I see, okay. Just building on so it Give it now. a couple of months, uphill, mm-hmm. top speed, Yeah. crank it up. Yeah, I'll be like fucking the flash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. Up. At least you made it in. So yeah, so yeah, I've just got to keep it up now, which you know has never really been a problem for me anyway. But there we go. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough so, about Wayne. Yeah, enough about me. Um, so we've got an interesting one, mm. which we're we're opening up the education can of worms, which we haven't done for a long time. Yeah, um, because Jem, you found. An article on the old LinkedIn yep. by a Tom Goodwin, which it kind little, of it went a little viral. This article actually. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, good. Mm. I think I think rightly so because he does raise a few points. Some of which that we've raised in the past, others that we've kind of touched on. Just totally ripped us off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, in return, we're going to rip him off as well and <laughs> yeah. use his article as the basis for this episode. Cool. Uh, so, inspired by Tom Goodwin's post entitled. We don't need to teach our kids to code. We need to teach them how to dream. It's a bit of a wanky title, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, yeah, we We're might, good at that, too, We to might steal it and make it better. Um, okay. So he so makes some he interesting say? points. Remind here. me. He, he opens by... Well, it doesn't, this is a few paragraphs down. But he basically says, like, if we accept that the role of education is to furnish our children with the best understanding skills and values for a prosperous and happy life, then how do we arm them for a future that we can't imagine? Ooh, that's the great debate, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's what people keep banging on about. Which, you know, uh, good old Sir Ken Robinson talks about. He does. It's one of my favourite quotes of his, which is essentially like... um, we're teaching kids how to live to do low grade clerical for the next work. sixty years of their life, and yet we don't know what the next ten years mm. of their life is going to look like. Um, so he then also asks the question: Do we even need knowledge in a world of Alexa and Siri? <sighs> Another point that I have argued a few times, and more importantly, is the skill of agility now more valuable than the gaining of knowledge? That's that sort of... I think that goes back to what we spoke about like with the whole anti-fragile. I think mm-hmm. nowadays there is no... like Your knowledge is very specific for the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that very much being in like the, sort of the social media game, like what works last yeah. week maybe is not so good this yeah. week. And what is... So the things are changing so much faster. And I think that's what a lot of these educational people are talking about. It's kind of like, well, syllabus is dead one month later. Or you might even have mm-hmm. the same syllabus from 10 years ago or five right. years ago. Well, I remember uh, the, 
back in the day, in like 2005, I was doing a uh, amateur dramatic show. This was pre pre my formal training. Ooh. Um, with a guy that used to work in IT, or does work in IT. Does he, or did he? I don't know. But I remember him saying to me, like, he's like, you kind of got to keep on top of it because, like, my, he was like, my degree is well out of date. Like, well out of date. None of the things that I learned in my degree are even valuable anymore. He's mm. like, that's the problem with working in t- IT. You've got to keep on top of it. But now we're kind of in a position where it's like, Everything. everything's IT. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to keep on top of everything because technology is so ingrained that was only 12 years ago mm. and how much has changed. But technology is now so ingrained in our society and, and how we work that everybody, if you really want to kind of excel, then really you have to really be paying close attention to what's going on in technology, which is kind of why I get sucked into Gary Vaynerchuk's content mm. because that's what he does. That's, his, that's how he makes his living is he keeps an eye on what, the technology obviously from a he's more in a marketing from a marketing stance but you can glean a lot of what he's saying and and a lot of his practices um and kind of apply them to other areas of life just as well it's a transferable skill what he has yeah i was sitting down my friend yesterday and he was he kind of did sort of like he does do sort of like admin work for like Mm stockbrokers and we were sort of like having that debate because he was saying you know what a lot of my job before that people like valued about what i was doing was the way that i was kind of like Instead, we were doing things in like a really old sort of fashion way, and he was mm-hmm. basically designing systems to make things a lot more efficient, which means that right. it would free up people's time. And I was like, if that's what you're good at, like go all in on that. Like, mm. stop focusing on the admin, just doing what you should do. Figure out how you automate, because I think that's what a lot of companies are looking at at the moment. Yeah, which is what I'm doing in my PA role. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is happening. I think nowadays, like, the value is in like how do you kind of like automate the things that you're doing i think it's, it's kind of like people say is that not just like capitalism you're just trying to cut more people out of work and increase mm-hmm. profits and stuff like that but it's driving that way mm-hmm. and i think actually it's, it's getting more and more like that where actually the value is in how you can basically save time but also save costs as well uh-huh. but, um, well it's interesting that you said that you see you're doing this again you're pre it's like just bloody magic it's it like it's like you read my mind before i was even there anyway it's the bond Wayne. it's the bond it's the bond <laughs> represent man um <laughs> so he goes on to say mm. that the industrial revolution saw a vast shift to a way of maximizing return on investment in a production centric environment Ooh. and in recent years we've actually considered maths reading and writing as the basic building blocks for survival and and the best levers for our labor to produce value um and we've also assumed that the way forward, therefore, is to ensure that more people study for longer. Yeah. Um, but that's completely changed now because it's not necessarily about what's your knowledge. Knowledge is a commodity now. Mm. We can just... You'd have you have to know, hold it in your head. Go to it's, Google. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he goes, kind of goes on to say that um, a five-year-old today will enter a working world in 2030 that is so incomprehensible that we need an existential reimagination of the very foundation Ooh. of education. Mm-hmm. And then goes on to say that, um, I, I kind of loved this phrase that he used, it's the cliched hope of the paranoid parent that teaching Chinese will best prepare kids for a future of different power structures in geopolitics. Ooh. But... Is that essential in a world of Google Translate? Mm-hmm. Many think that teaching kids to code is the solution, but won't soon software be written by software? 
It's true. And I was like, boom. He's yeah. just nailed it. My brother, he's going into computer science, and we've had this debate many times. I'm kind of like, I get it, but, like, your job is going to be very niche because, like, like, the IT departments in schools are now like, well, the solution is let's teach them HTML. Yeah. Now they can build a website. It's like it looks pretty on paper. Everyone's it's like, all like, oh, these bunch of little kids. Do not need yeah. to know HTML at all. No. At all. I have built many websites in the last few years, and not one of them has required anything but the most basic level mm-hmm. HTML. Like literally the most basic, and all of that HTML. If I don't know it, and and by all of it, I mean like the probably five lines of code I've written <laughs> in the entirety of my web design stuff in the last few years. Like, if I don't know what that code is, guess what I do? I Google it. Yeah. And the thing is, though, I do find that when people, when you've got, because I work with a lot of these sort of youth charities when I do my video work, and I think what has happened there is that actually the people above, like the governments and stuff, they don't really understand it. So in mm-hmm. their heads, they're like, yeah, let's chuck funding because we know that these kids are playing on those apps and the mobiles and the smartphones. And so if they're like making stuff that kind of works on that phone, then that probably means that we're moving them in the right direction and stuff like uh-huh. that. So it's more, again, it's a bit more for like the glamour of it and it looks uh-huh. good and it looks like, oh, look at our kids. They're like six year old and they're making a little thing light up on the computer or whatever else like that. Right, exactly. Where it's like totally missing the trick. And I think um, a lot of people talk about it. I think Seth Godin talks about it a lot as well. Gary Vee spoke about it. And I think it's that idea that actually the bits the bits where the doing part, I heard like um, the way I saw it, um, someone put it the other day is like, initially you had like the horses that do the work, they uh-huh. drag across the farm. Uh-huh. And then they were like, okay, they moved to, instead of like, let's make 10 horses drag it, let's make a tractor. And then now the idea was, okay, now let's get, like humans to be the super productive ones we'll get a hundred people in a factory right. and that'll make it better whereas now it's right. actually it's gone back to actually what what can replace humans better than having a hundred humans let's have one uh-huh. automated computer bot machine that basically does it faster and then it's just about really right how do the people teach the machine to do things that takes the creativity <laughs> part of it well it's it's i think a lot of this argument is kind of what i call <clears throat> like the calculator dilemma Mm. Ooh. I'm going to coin, coin that. Oh, yeah. Trademark it. Trademark the shit out of that. Um, but it's like, in school, it was like you had your calculator paper. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Non-calculator paper, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Your non-calculator paper is there to test whether or not you can actually do the lot, you can actually do it execute head. the logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the calculator paper was there to see if you can understand the logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Whereas now, what's 20% of 100 I don't even need to work out how to calculate it. I can just ask Siri. Yeah, it's true. So we've gone beyond now even having to work the machines where because the computers can now work the machines for us. So we don't even have to understand much more than basic logic. And that's what's great because ultimately our goal, whatever we do, is to get the result. So why make it more complex to get to result just because then on paper it says, oh, yeah, I know how to do math. Yeah. When something does it better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. And it kind of... Um, uh, what is, where is it that you said this? Um, he me. says, um, the current schooling seems to be uh, outward in and mm. that we're prioritizing the knowledge above all else mm-hmm. um, and that it's tested in exams. Um, the best in school 
are those who can most easily recall information, which was pretty helpful until, like now, where information is immediate, everywhere, and abundant. Mm -hmm. Um, He kind of says that uh, the maths and the logic from it is essential, but really, we should probably need to think about it a little bit more philosophically. Um, And obviously, he points out, you know, kids are going to struggle to communicate if they can't spell at all. Mm -hmm. But then when spell checkers auto-translate and software handles voice-to-text... Maybe it's not something that we need to take up so much time learning about. And I think, I think again, it goes back to that whole systemization of grades. I think people are probably like freaking out. Like if, if we do a maths test and they can just use a computer that gives them the answer, if they write a paragraph and your computer basically does the grammar for you, it's like, what do we grade? And I think that's the problem where now everyone's saying, all these educational people are saying like, look, create, creativity is what matters. But at the same time, in an art class, your teacher couldn't grade whether your picture, which is abstract, looks like a bunch of splats all over the place, mm-hmm. but then the one next to you has basically copied a Van Gogh. Who's a better artist? And I think that's the problem because I think people can't really grade something that is kind of, I don't know, ungradable in some yeah, ways. It's, it's subjective. It's, yeah, it's subjective. And yeah. I think that's where they're probably getting a bit afraid, which is why it's uh-huh. like, well, if we make them code, at least we can say, well, give them an A because they made a website, it works mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. But you can't give someone a, a a grade based on them designing a a system that is maybe better a, a better way of doing things. So mm-hmm. he he kind of there's a there's a second part to this where he kind of identifies the skills that we really should be teaching. But he kind of uh, rounds up this sort of section just kind of by saying that the future of education is is less about what we choose to remove and uh, more about what to refocus on. Mm-hmm. Because he's not saying, like, get rid of maths, get rid of English, get rid of science. He's just saying, like, how important are those skills? Like, I always use the Pythagoras theorem thing. It's great that I know it, but I've never, ever, 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 ever had to use it. And I haven't, and I stick by this, I have not had to use any mathematics beyond plus, minus, subtract and divide and percentages Mm -hmm. in my personal life. Uh, Obviously... There are niche career paths that you are going to require those skills, but they should be learned in those niche career paths, yeah, surely, your way and not them, wasting yeah. time on the people that aren't going to be engineers, mm-hmm. they're not going to be builders, they're not going to be plumbers, they're not going to be you know, people that are having to deal with you know, making sure the angles are perfect and things like that. That's what the engineers should be learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, maybe we should refocus on using um, those sorts of skills in a more creative way. So, we're going to take a quick break in a second. We're going to thank our sponsor. But uh, we'll, once we come back from that, we shall, uh, I say come back, um, <laughs> we'll go through these five skills that he thinks we should be focusing on. But in the meantime, uh, we'd like to say a big thank you to uh, the University of Northampton. Thank you, guys. And uh, for sponsoring the show still, after all this time. <laughs> and we're very, 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 very grateful for that. Um now, if you don't know about the University of Northampton, fundamentally, one of the big things you should know is that me and Jem went there. We actually met there. We stuck right. in halls together. I know. Changed my life to get forever. Next door neighbours, we were. We were, yeah. In the in the we were in the same flat, but not in the same room because that'd be awkward. I'd Although be, sometimes on a drunken night, I would have been. <laughs> I'd been pissed if they stuck me in a room with you. <laughs> in the double rooms, remember those well, big snap. double rooms? But we had a, yeah. we would have had our own kitchen. That would be pretty. That's true. Um, so we're alumni, so that kind of means that everything that's kind of coming out of our mouths kind of 
is at least influenced by them in a way. <laughs> um, but the thing is, and why, given that, you know, we've just kind of opened up about education, uh, but why they fit in with what we say and our message is that they've realized that now it's not just about getting a degree when you go to university. It's about building business links. It's about the networking possibilities. Um, and they really kind of understand that now setting up a business and kind of being entrepreneurial is is a now a very desirable and very viable option. Um, so it's not just about getting you into a job for them. Um, and even actually, it's not just for them about setting up a business as a potential either. It kind of goes beyond that. They're also... They're one of the leading universities, if not the leading university in the country with regard to social enterprise, which is setting up a business which is not just making a profit, but also delivering social good. So if that kind of sounds like your thing, which it should, um, then just check them out, northampton.ac.uk. Um, and yes, a huge thank you to them for supporting the show. So. So we're going to get cracking with your five points. So we're going to get cracking with, they're not my five points, they're his the five, points. five points. The yeah. five points. So these are the five skills. We'll go through them one at a time. Mm. Uh, so first of all, relationships. Yeah. He thinks that's one of the number one skills. I don't know if these are in any particular order. I don't think they are. But relationships is a fundamental skill that we really need to develop. Um, yeah. Which I would agree wholeheartedly. I think we have at the moment, and uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, um, but we have a little bit of a fundamental relationship deficit mm-hmm. as a generation. And I think it's only going to get worse, particularly if things like VR and AR start becoming a, a real thing, which yeah. they're getting there. Um, so we kind of really need to now learn how to cultivate really genuine, uh, deep relationships. Yeah. And I think not even just on the edu- I mean, not just on like that sort of like, um, personal front just mm. i think even if you put it to education i think a lot of the time you can google stuff but it doesn't give you access to an industry or it doesn't give you mm-hmm. the experience that a mentor might have and i think on that front i think that's even what if you saying. google how do i get into the industry yeah you're gonna get a lot of people selling you a lot of shit <laughs> yeah and i think as well i think um the idea that a lot of schooling at the moment is me against you mm-hmm. rather than actually we like let's do something yeah. together let's yeah. even create something let's not say well we're both going for the same job and if I get an A and you get a B, I'm more likely to get it. It shouldn't be competitive, it should be thinking about collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of angle that he's probably pushing, mm-hmm. which I just think, yeah, it's really, really important. I think, again, goes back to, you can go into deeper loneliness and that uh-huh. sort of stuff as well, which of course a lot of kids, mental mm-hmm. health and stuff like that. So, But yeah, number one is just being able to start realising that actually your colleagues or your yeah. people in your class could actually be your business partners or could actually be creators together uh-huh. and work together because and then understand that each other has different skill sets and yeah it's kind of like one of those uh unlearnings mm. in inverted commas that we put into our talk that we did a while mm-hmm. back um which is about like the fact this is not a dog eat dog world like mm-hmm. you're actually going to achieve far more if you actually collaborate with people and you stop competing with each with each other instead and actually you try and lift each other up yeah the win-win is a safer option ultimately mm-hmm. okay so the next one, curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think that one goes back into um, again. These like our unlearnings, actually. They are, aren't they? Maybe we should <laughs> maybe, maybe we should reinvigorate the talk. Maybe. Um, if yeah. you want us to come talk, send us an email, <laughs> Wayne at powerfulnonsense or Gem at powerfulnonsense yes. We'll happily come and do a talk for you. I think the curios- curiosity goes back to um, problem solving. I think as well. I think it's not taking mm-hmm. thing for face value. Mm-hmm. It's 
when you see something, it's then can you be curious enough to question why it's done in that way mm-hmm. already? A bit mm-hmm. back to kind of like Steve Jobs sort of says. And I think that's it. I think curiosity is a, is a sort of um, a starting point for creativity. And I think that's what we know is valuable and needed. And so mm-hmm. let don't basically punish kids for being curious. I was just about Actually, to say that. Yeah. Um, like promote it mm-hmm. and let them question, let them ask questions back to the teacher, let them ask why we don't do it in a better way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, again, what he's saying there. Again, it can't be a one-way education. It has to be two-way. Yeah. And I think that's where you'll get young people becoming more creative mm-hmm. because they feel they can be. But I think, I think whether or not the sc- schools like it or not, I think it's going to go that way. Um, anyway, in that it's going to be a two-way thing because, <clears throat> unfortunately, the teacher's tight at... Uh, teachers hands are tied a little bit with like this whole curriculum syllabus thing that they have to stick to so they their knowledge is very filtered um whereas the kids the, are going home the, searching, the kids are going yeah. home going oh that was really interesting actually I'd, I'd like to know more about that they hop on wikipedia Netflix, they go find that yeah, yeah. And they click on that article and then they see a link in that article they click to that and within a few hours they may not necessarily have more knowledge than the teacher, but they certainly have a wider range of knowledge uh-huh. around the subject than a teacher. My brother said to me, I mean, he said his, unfortunately, his uh, psychology teacher was a bit crap. Uh, <laughs> but he said, he was like, yeah, there was one point where I practically ended up teaching the lesson mm-hmm. because my brother was really into psychology mm-hmm. and that particular subject matter mm-hmm. was one that he had studied on his own terms, not because the teacher had told him to, but just because he was curious. Yeah. Um, and he he ended up knowing more than the teacher and was going, well, no, that's not right because this, 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 this yeah. and this, and that's wrong. And actually it's from this angle and not that angle. And I think that's how you're going to create special specialists in areas and actually get people excited enough to educate themselves Mm. and ultimately that is the key of education how do you get someone to feel a little spark and then just go into it and that's Mm -hmm. what they go and pursue yeah absolutely so i think i agree curiosity is a good one uh this is an interesting one and he's already touched on it already but agility Mm -hmm. i mean we kind of touched on that at the beginning the idea to just be able to to switch and move very very fast and change the angle at which but i think this this one is so important because of what we said at the beginning. The fact that the world is changing at such a pace, we have no idea. Like, the fact that, you know, most of the things that we now go on on a daily basis on the internet are like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. 10 years old. I, I had, I'd only just finished my GCSEs. I hadn't finished my A-levels. I hadn't gone into the working world yet. And I was learning things that were essentially out of date because by the mm-hmm. time I got out into the working world, all of these new things appeared and changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be able to adapt and move quickly and switch your tactics very quickly. Yeah, and they say like we're only at the early baby stage of the internet and mm-hmm. so technology is only getting better, well, which internet, means it's only going to get faster. internet is younger than me and you. Yeah, the the internet as it exists today yeah. is younger than me and you. Exactly, and so as as technology gets better, it gets faster at adapting. So it's only mm-hmm. going to mean it's only going to get more and more important to have mm-hmm. that sort of adaptable nature. Exactly. Uh, now this is my favourite one, and I think this is for me the most important one. But then I am biased. Uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like you have to unpack creativity a little bit because for me, creativity is combining things that have not been combined before in a unique way, um, which then creates innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's about lateral thinking it's about thinking outside the box it's uh, but also it's from an artistic side it's about the willingness to try things mm-hmm. and just go for it and see what happens it's the the willingness to experiment it's the willingness as you say to to not be punished when you get things wrong and it's the willingness to go do you know what if i get it wrong i get it wrong i'll try again mm-hmm. um and i think that's such an important skill that really we all need to leverage like I have found that from my own career, when I've experimented a bit more from on the business side um, and got creative on the business side, obviously I'm creative from the actual work side because that's my skill. Um, from the business side, I've seen mostly more upside than I've seen downside for just going, do you know what, I'll give that a go. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, I think... Um... I think young people nowadays are getting into that mindset because I think we've got less to lose than our parents had in terms of what they were marketed. So mm. because of the internet, because of these sort of like technologies, like you can create a website, try to sell something, it fails. It's, there's no loss. Like mm-hmm. I think we can fail a lot cheaply, mm-hmm. a lot faster. And so I do think that people are getting to that point where you can come up with ideas, you can test them and you can just throw them out there and it's not actually like no monetary loss, a little bit of time loss, like it's so minimal. Mm-hmm. So I do feel, but it's like you say, but then people are still in that mindset where they can't do that risk, they yeah. can't take that risk yet. Yeah. So again, it's getting them sort of comfortable, which is why I said it sort of like ties in with the whole curiosity as well. Yeah, definitely. But, um, it's interesting because I was like um, reading an article recently as well about creativity and it was sort of saying about like um, soon enough the algorithms are going to be able to spot the potential combinations which is another whole topic to go into well but. we're kind of i mean it, it is but we're kind of almost there i yeah. don't know if i shared i don't know if i did share it on the powerful nonsense page this was months ago was it the music video the music, the music that, video the that, that i think it was a google yeah. google ai Crazy, but in the style it? of the beatles yeah and i mean it wasn't a particularly good song but it was good but it was <laughs> but it was acceptable yeah i mean it wouldn't be a chart topper by any yeah, stretch yeah, yeah. of the imagination but it was acceptable and you kind of went shit a computer made that well i've seen like bot art like all, all uh-huh. made art and you can say you know what basically picks up algorithms what people find to be uh-huh. artistic and it does it itself and you're like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's when i as a creative i was like i'm safe but now i'm kind of like oh shit i'm really starting to panic now yeah. really starting to panic but that's an intro i mean that's i don't open up that can of worms mm. right now but it's definitely something to be looking into the future we're going to mm-hmm. get more creative but the bots as they get cleverer are yeah. going to get just more, as creative yeah. and maybe faster creativity which yeah. is scary but yeah. i don't want to go there <laughs> uh, so we've got one final one yeah um and i think this is i say creativity is my favorite one i think this is probably on the same level Creativity, and then this one are probably my top two, uh, is empathy. Mm-hmm. And that is just, in terms of... Again, this is stuff we spoke about, isn't it? It, it, it is. As, as, whole as I said that at the beginning, yeah. like, this is stuff that we've talked about a lot, yeah. all condensed into one and framed in another way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's this it's this emotional intelligence, it's, it's this knowing uh, why somebody's reacting the way that they are or how they're going to react based on your... And actually, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. But if there's one thing our generation really fucking lacks right now, I'm getting angry. Oh shit. It's empathy. Mm. And I've had so many conversations with people recently where I'm just like the problem is is nobody at the moment is even thinking about how their actions affect other people. Mm. That is ultimately where we've got to because we've gone into such a self-involved narcissistic society because everybody wants their fucking reality TV show all over the internet of their own life. 
that they've just become so self-involved they're not even thinking about other people anymore. On the flip side of that, and I do believe that, I think that a lot of the time people are in a panic stress situation, even though it might not look like people say we're living better than ever. I do think people are more stressed and more kind of um, agreed self trying to look after themselves more protective self-protective really and i think that causes a lack of empathy because i think you are in survival mode Mm -hmm. and everybody's got their own issues and everybody's going for their own stuff that sometimes it's kind of like they're protecting themselves first before they can have the empathy and i think the empathy will come sure but yeah it definitely needs to be more of it definitely for sure Mm -hmm. and i do find that if you look at other points without empathy you cannot have collaboration without empathy you can't have creativity creativity. without empathy you can't have curiosity because empathy is kind of saying well i saw their point of view but here's my point of view and like Mm -hmm. it's that two-way sort of thing and i think yeah it's it's a must really yeah i mean we have done a whole episode on this as well yeah that's true i would agree with you actually empathy is probably the cornerstone sort of skill out of all of those five it's the one that as you say the others cannot happen and if you the book um averages over kind of talks about that like in the future it is the deep emotional connections that bots cannot be quick enough they cannot basically get to our level they're not there's gonna be years and years away before a computer can have Mm. that sort of sensitivity Mm. and so i think to be honest that's as humans our competitive edge Uh is our ability to empathize Mm. so yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah, it's got me thinking about the film Her again. <laughs> oh, Scarlett. Cool, I think we should wrap things up. Yes, we should. Uh, there was just a little quote that he put at the end um, that I kind of thought, do you know what, this kind of sums up quite a lot about what he's saying. Um, so I'm just going to put it out there. He says, uh, the reality of the modern age is that I learnt more in one year of a well-curated Twitter feed than in my entire master's degree. And I have better relationships from LinkedIn than from university. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it's whether or not it's entirely accurate or whether or not it's hyperbolized, but regardless, it's certainly something to consider, particularly from the educators that are out there. Yeah, and I think if you listen to that, what it is, I think too much of education is passive, it's me to you, whereas mm-hmm. he curated, which means he was active, and it's how education has become more active Ooh, yeah. in what they do, rather than allow students to sit back and be passive. And mm-hmm. how do you kind of like mm-hmm. um, encourage that? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, that's your episode. I, that was, I enjoyed that. That was quite fun. I enjoyed that. That was a good article there. So that, again, we'll put a link in the uh, show notes, but that was... Uh, by Tom Goodwin that article and it's on LinkedIn Um, but yeah we'll put it in the show notes for you Um, so if you have any opinions on this as I'm sure you do please hit us up on Twitter at pn underscore podcast or if you prefer a less public channel uh, maybe you've got something really controversial to say um, (laughs) you can send us an email I'm Wayne at Powerful Nonsense and Jem is Jem at Powerful Nonsense C-E-M because we like to keep things Simple. Um, yes, and that's C-E-M, because he's Turkish. Um, <laughs> half Turkish. Less but, simple. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, also, uh, we, got a, we got a new review. Uh, the Tennis Pro Guy, I think it was, whoever that is. Uh, but thank you for the Wonder review. Wonder if he's good at tennis. Maybe he wants he, to give us a game. We would, well, no, I mean, not I'm, you, not not you. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. We'll get back into it soon. But Summertime's coming. Yes. Yeah, boy. Um, so thank you for that review. Um, we'd love more of them because it really does help get the show up there on the charts, which means more people see it, which means we can share this kind of, these knowledge bombs with more people. 
Um, so if you could leave, leave a review, if you want to know how, powerfulnonsense.com forward slash review gives you all of the instructions you could possibly need. Um, and five stars or more would be greatly appreciated. Um, so thanks very much for tuning in and uh, we shall catch you next time. See you later.